Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Today's guest is Maria Brito, award-winning art advisor, author, and curator. Maria hosts her own TV series for PBS and has written for publications such as Elle Magazine, Huffington Post, and Entrepreneur Magazine. Maria's upcoming book, How Creativity Rules the World, coming out in March of 2022, promises to make the creative process of successful seven-figure artists and billion-dollar entrepreneurs, as well as her own, accessible and actionable for anyone who wants to take the power of their ideas to the next level. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. How are you? So exciting to be here with you today, really full of great energy. It is. It's a great it's a great day. Now you're coming to me where? From New York? From New York City, From baby. New York yes. City. So it's still morning in New York City. So Yeah, and it's warm today. Is, so. It's interesting because I think it's warm just about everywhere. I mean, I'm in Texas and you know it's typically warm in Texas, but I mean last night I fired up the grill. I mean that's how wow. warm it is. I mean it was just a, it was like a, a beautiful fall evening. It wasn't winter at all. Well you know um Climate change is real, I have to say. So just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I appreciate the warmth, but I know it's not normal. So it's 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 definitely a, a unique situation. I mean, considering some of the, uh, the the tragedy that just came through with all the tornadoes uh, just a week or so ago that hit Kentucky, that was uh, a little out of the norm. There, I mean, there's some definitely some some records out there where there were some tornadoes this time of year. But I mean, that devastation is is unlike anything we've seen before. So um, my heart goes out to everybody there that was affected. But thank you again for joining me. This is awesome. I love the topic, the topic of creativity and how to leverage our creativity. Where do you see us at these days? Where, where are we as far as a, a, a culture, as a society, and the way we're looking at creativity? Are we just as creative as, as ever? No, we aren't, but we're going to be. And this is why. We just uh, are in the middle of such dramatic shifts, and we have experienced about uh, 24 months, uh, a little less, but uh, of, of some of the most dramatic events that as citizens of the world and American citizens as well, we've had to experience in our lifetimes. And what crises do are tremendous opportunities for people to reevaluate what they've been doing with their lives, with their businesses, careers, relationships, etc. And I think that as we have seen the numbers of people who are fleeing companies and jobs that they were miserable for so long, and it's um, dubbed the right way, the great resignation, we are going to find entrepreneurs and thinkers who will actually take on different roles to shape their lives and the lives of others in different ways. So that those are tremendous opportunities for creativity. I think that as we were talking offline, the issue that we have had uh, to face also in the past 10 years is our over-reliance on technology. 
which I love technology. We wouldn't be able to do this amazing podcast without technology. But I think that once it takes over your life and you depend on it for everything and an algorithm has already learned what kind of news you should be reading, what kind of information you should be feeding what kind of the, the, the best route through a GPS. There's nothing wrong about using a GPS. The only problem is that your brain diminishes other faculties more and more, including memory, intuition, how to find an address and things like that. And so the interesting thing about this time, though, is that because people had a lot of time to think through where they are, they are considering new avenues. And I have talked to a bunch of people who've come and said the pandemic gave me the opportunity to figure out that I feel happier in Hawaii raising sheep or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll just, you know, people decide I enjoy baking and I'm going to quit my nine to five to open a bakery. And, and that is amazing, right? But, but the thing is, Let's just take decisions with information and with data and also with a a robust plan of how we are going to evolve and take decisions and make decisions and, you know, figure out what is ahead of us in this convoluted world. And I think creativity is extraordinarily important for everybody because without ideas, there is no progress. But furthermore, We need to know how to execute those ideas. And that's part of my mission with this upcoming book is giving people a blueprint on, first of all, how to cultivate the habits that bring the greatest amount of ideas to the table. And second is how to execute them because ideas are a dime a dozen. So we come up with ideas all the time and we either reject them or act on them. But the majority of the people And this, I know for sure, do not act on their best ideas because there are fears, there are uh, barriers, obstacles, things get complicated, life gets in the way. You have no idea how many people have texted me or emailed me and said, you know, I'm inspired by your newsletter or whatever, right? And and they said, "It, it has taken me this long. I had a play written and nobody ever saw the play because I did not finish the last two lines, right? Like something like that. Or people have said, you know, I don't want to dwell in regret. And I have this great business idea that I have been incubating for so long. And I never had the courage to go and find an investor. But now, because of what I read in your newsletter or whatever. So now in this book, people will have everything they need to go out in the world and find the courage also and the strength to put together and to trust, right? Like, because at the end of the day, it's all about self-trust and, and the confidence to believe that if you do not risk something, you're not going to get a reward, and you're going to stay where you are. And a lot of people are happy and, and content where they are. And that's fantastic. And a lot of people just want to do better. And, and that it doesn't mean you have to quit what you're doing. But I think that there is it's for people who listen to podcasts, for example, there is a desire to grow, to develop a new way of thinking, uh, self-actualizing, you know, and so. I think that in general, I'm, I'm talking to those folks who say and think that they can have better ideas and that they can sharpen the ones that they've already 
received in the past and that there are always different ways of putting things together. Wow. That's a whole lot to unpack. It's, a, <laughs> it's almost like you, you rehearsed before sh- we came the on the short, show. It's like, this that is was how the short gonna... version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, just to, to kind of start to process a lot of that, that you were saying, it's funny this past weekend, I went out to the country. Uh, I went out to East Texas and out there it's very rural still. And I was using my GPS and it even had, it got me even through these back farm to market roads that really, they don't have names. They just have numbers assigned to them. But my GPS was so accurate that it was saying, okay, turn left on farm to market road 2419 or whatever it may be. And as I was driving, I was like, how would I ever find this ranch that I'm going to if I didn't have my GPS? And that just kind of demonstrates to you the reliance that we have come to hold so dear to the little device that we carry around in our pocket. But if I think back, you know, again, raised in Texas, I was used to the farm to market roads back when I was in my teens and even learning to drive right out of the gate. I could make it around town or I could make it out into the country and find these rural locations. But now I find myself struggling to even comprehend how I would do it without my without my phone. So it, it's interesting to see that there. And I, I think that's had a, a significant impact on our ability, not just to be creative, but just to have some critical thinking in place. Absolutely. And the same goes for the amount of, okay, look, it's obvious you're not going to remember every phone that you have stored and but you remember there was a time when people actually had to memorize certain phone numbers oh, and yeah. also use pen and paper and a notebook, right? And actually there are studies that I quote also in my book that say and uh, already have discovered that people who actually use a pen and a paper to take notes are way more creative and smarter than those who are just typing things. And why is that? Because there is an absorption of information process that it's not triggered when you're typing on a keyboard or on the phone, but that there is connection when you have to work this, right, your hand in a motor, you know, skills and put those into a paper and focus on that, put your head down and take the time to take that note, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually love it. I think that nobody can say, oh, my God, I hate technology. Right. I mean, it has allowed so much the communications, the way that we actually interact and live apps that serve any purpose in life, reminders, this and that. Right. The problem is that for human beings, the leap that we've had to jump and adapt to how this technology has taken over our lives is humongous. Right. And so all of us. We're not wired to grow and accept this level of information and the, the curve, the learning curve, because right now we use everything and, and we more or less navigate these things. But every time we add something else. Right. And so we and that's great for the brain because the brain has to be the brain is malleable and is adaptable and, and this and that. But for us to actually live with this amount of technology, apps, information, et cetera immediately parts of our brain are prioritizing what to do, right? And so when you think about the creativity part, the thinking part, the the one that comes up with idea, the one that gets to breakthroughs and aha moments, that is absolutely inundated with information right now, right? From most human beings who live in society 
have that part of the brain overwhelmed. And so what is it that is, is the solution or is there any solution to this is for the most part, if people can spend 10 minutes a day in silence, that's that accumulates, right? And that helps. It's like people normally take showers every day. So think about taking a shower for your brain by meditating or by just being in silence. Look, I mean, the, the word meditation has turned into both a meme and something that seems to be impossible to attain, right? I mean, how am I going to meditate? Can you believe my life? Of course, I can believe your life. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I have a business. I live in New York City. I, I, I believe that people are overwhelmed. Of course, they are. But I also think that for the most part, most people can take 10 minutes just to be still and think or not think whatever you want to do. Just be in silence for 10 minutes. And I can guarantee that as you do that every day, which by the end of the week, you would have done 70 minutes of silence. Right. I mean, that is important. And every little step that you take towards calming down and kind of like absorbing without having to be actively searching, frantically searching for an answer or frantically texting or looking, it always helps. And this is something that I cannot stress enough, the importance of spending time for incubation effect as well. I mean, the incubation effect is once you've been trying to find solutions to problems, ideas for new businesses, ideas for upgrades in what you do, solutions to problems with customers or whatever, once you let that idea mar- marinate in your head for a little bit, you have to spend time in silence just waiting for that hit to come. And that's why so many people have great ideas in the shower, because they don't have an opportunity to have a phone and, you know, a computer and a TV. I mean, if you have all that inside of your shower, there is a problem, right? I mean, for the most, <laughs> I think that. For the most part, people don't have that in their shower. I, I am guilty of listening to podcasts in the shower. I do a lot of podcast consumption in the shower. It's, it's but, a, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're wasting an opportunity to come up with better ideas for your business and for your podcast and for your life. And I encourage people to spend time in silence if they can to reduce also the amount of technology. And some people are doing like, I'm doing a Sunday, you know, fast on technology, no social media, no phones, this and that. Right. And that is also a valid option if you can. Or maybe it's from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. I know this thing sounds so difficult, but I think that once you do them, you understand the power of being a connected, grounded, creative human being that is not all the time just looking for that immediate reward, the dopamine hit of like a like on, you know, a photo on Instagram or, you know, that news feed on Apple, you know, that is showing you exactly what you want to see. They will not show you opposite thoughts because they don't want to upset you as much as Apple talks about ethics and how they are not Facebook. Those feeds are curated for you based on the algorithm that you want to see. So, that is almost like being on an eco chamber because all you can hear is your ba- your voice, right? Bouncing back to you from every angle. If all you want to see is what pleases you, you're never going to have any outside perspective or perspective to begin with, which is, you know, stepping back and having a bigger picture of what the situation or the world is at any given time. 
I'll tell you, you, right out of the gate, you made me grab my phone and clutch it tightly to my chest. I, I can't imagine not having my security phone right here with me throughout the day all the time. But, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that, that uh, all of these feeds are curated. The algorithms drive us to uh, consume what we typically consume. But other than than detaching completely, do you see a way to avoid that? I don't know that, that there is an option other than to just simply detach because, I mean, these companies, Apple and Facebook, and I mean, you can laundry list all of them. They, they all operate on the same principle and is that's they, they want that attention. They want to hold your attention. They want to hold you in their grasp because that gets you potentially clicking on ads, which, of course, generates revenue for them. So how do, how do you break that? Is there any way to break it other than just abstinence? I don't think that you can. I mean, there are ways for you to like choose what you see or what you don't, right? I mean, that's up to us if we want to see the news feed or if we want to turn it off completely. I think that part of the part of the issue is too that we have been accustomed to thinking in black and white terms. And that is very damaging because like life in general, it flourishes a little bit more in the middle. And that doesn't mean that you, I mean, I'm very passionate about certain things and I can be very radical about certain others, but I have learned that there is so much more that can get done once you navigate the grace, right? Because it's, you know, you also have, once you are a little bit more in the middle, you have a sense that you can hear a different voice from different sides of the story or whatever it is. Right. And so detaching completely from phones, I can't do it. Here's mine. I love him to pieces. It's everything to me. Right. But at the same time, I am trying to say, for example, every week I go to the movie theater and, uh, you know, like physically. Right. And it's such a special time for me because there is no way I'm going to touch that phone. Right. And again, I'm still receiving information. There is consumption. I'm not necessarily just, I mean, I, I meditate every day and I spend time in silence every day, but you know, what I'm saying is that's one of the very few moments of my life where I absolutely cannot look at the phone and I'm 300% absorbed what, what's happening on the big screen. Right. And so there is no radical, absolute detachment of the way that we live these days, because these are parts of normal contemporary life. But I think that it's all on us to self-regulate what are we doing and how much time we're spending on these devices and why, right? I mean, it's like, is it really necessary to answer an email the minute it comes in or can it wait until like the end of the day or tomorrow, right? So there's no, there's no absolute detachment. It's more a, it's, it's look at, at the end of the day, these are all things that we do because we, if we want to get better at certain things and if we want to give a break to our brains and we do them right. And uh, you would, you know, that a lot of different CEOs of fortune 500 companies and whatnot, they are very much into this idea of, of meditation and spending time in nature, spending time alone. And it's because it allows them to function better. And so, Let's even if you are not considering detaching from your technology, consider spending some time in silence. I don't think that's so hard. If you schedule it in the morning, if you put a reminder, 
you know, I understand the demands of life, but I think also the, the what you're getting in return is so much more than what you're considering. So when you get that back, you, you, you go through that silence and you open up the opportunity for these creative ideas to, to come in, essentially, and you have these ideas. It's great to spark that initial launch. Uh, there, there's a ton. I'm, I'm heavily involved in the podcasting space, not just as a podcast host, but as a speaker and an author and a variety of things all revolving around podcasting. I see it all the time where people come up with these great ideas for a show and then they have a difficult time either monetizing or they have a difficult time uh, getting the right guests or they have a difficult time growing their show. It's almost as if the creative process starts off strong and then hits a wall. You know, the creative process of the inception of an idea, it's nothing without the right execution, right? And so you have to have ideas all along the way. And one of the things that is critical, and I'm sure you know this, is grit and determination, right? I mean, sure. too many people quit too soon before seeing the miracle, right? And a lot of people are also getting into... Uh, you know, the podcasting space, even though it's still less populated, let's say, than blogs or things like that, has grown a lot. So you're competing with people. And here's where I'm coming with creativity. The idea is fantastic. Is it really original? And that's the thing, right? I mean, once you have sifted through a bunch of ideas and the authenticity of the idea in alignment with who you are, is it really original? And I ask this to my students in my in my class and I ask this to people, friends, et cetera, right? I mean, everything has already been done and that's the truth because sure. nothing absolutely brand new is going to come out in the 20th century, right? I mean, in the 21st century, we've already done everything. But are you really utilizing what you have in your authenticity to put it out in the world in a way that is novel, and relevant for today. And a lot of people have an idea that it could be great, but it's not necessarily the greatest during execution. And so creativity is also a lot about pivoting and adjusting as you go, right? And so for those people you're mentioning that they have either a hard time monetizing or they can't get the right people, I think that number one, I would just really think about the aspect of resilience and think that if you are actually enjoying what you're doing and doing all the right things and working through the hurdles that, you know, it is to, to work through making a podcast a successful one, you have the option to actually shift gears, which is part of being, you know, an entrepreneur and a creative person. And sure. you also have the option to stick to your guns and say, this is going to work out at some point. I just need to give it, you know, some time. And you also know how to fold them at some point. Say like, look, this, this didn't work. And that is also part of being creative. It's not know, it's knowing in your gut when things are not right. And so I think that a lot of ideas that are, are uh, you know, out there in the world have not necessarily been carefully think and thought through. So that's also one of the things that I, I believe that people jump at opportunities or things that happen suddenly or that they think they are going to be the right way to do without doing sufficient research, due diligence and things like that. And again, the creative process is there, is the execution usually what fails. And I... 
you know, it, it takes it takes trial and error for people actually sometimes to figure because not everything that you put out will be a hit. Right. I mean, sure. like people's lives are filled with failures and ups and downs. And that's, you know, you know that. And I think that every time you try to do something new, you're going to also have to face a learning curve. You're also going to have to face a reputation, you know, like, like credibility. And it's, um, it takes time, my friend, it does take time. And, and, uh, but it's, it's, if it's what you feel is if it's the love that you have in your heart for something, then it'll have at some point to come to, you know, to see the light of the day. I, I have a friend who launched a podcast a year and a half ago and she just won an award for it, like a big award. And, you know, what is it that she's doing that is so unusual? You know what? She's just doing it. She's doing it every day and uh, she's, she's hustling her way and not every of her guests are Leonardo DiCaprio and she's okay with that. You know what I mean? It's the, the, listen, there are 7 billion of billions of human beings in the world. And like at least a billion of us are very interesting, right? If you're not getting Leo DiCaprio and if you're not getting Barack Obama and if you, that's okay, it is okay. Right. And, and it's important to know that if you have one person listening, you're making a difference in that person's life. And, and I think that's what makes makes it so difficult for a lot of people because they look at other creators, they look at other artists from a variety of different perspectives and a variety of different mediums, and they see something that works for that artist or that creator, and then they try to replicate it. But they tend to lean too heavily on what they're actually seeing already, and they're recreating something that already exists. And they struggle with having that authenticity. You even mentioned that word a minute ago. They struggle with the authenticity. They struggle with their own personal branding. How do they get beyond that? How can people look inside and unleash that creativity and take confidence in the fact that their unique perspective on this whatever process, creative process it may be, is the right way for them to go? I think that we are talking about two things. The comparison issue is just so tremendously pervasive right now because people are looking at what other people are doing and they are wondering what it doesn't happen to themselves. And I think that one of those authors and psychologists who's tackled this uh, the best, I think, is Brené Brown because she's obviously a Texan and um, <laughs> she has uh, the she has nailed in the head this idea of guilt, shame, and, and comparison and how that hurts others and us when we are always looking and, and trying to also do what the others do, but then not getting it and then getting angry or envious or jealous or whatever, right? And so those are all emotions that poison us, right, at the end of the day. But the, the, the issue of authenticity, which I have an entire chapter in my book about being authentic and it's it's like that confidence that the way that larry sees the world and the way that your experiences have shaped are very different you know from my perspective and the way that i see the world and the way that i grew up and the way that i my experiences have shaped and i as i said before there are seven billion humans populating the earth right now and each one of us has a very unique way of saying things and what is it that gets you going? What lights you up, right? And if you're just doing a podcast to monetize it, perhaps it's you don't, your heart is not into having deep conversations with people, sure. right? And so when when people are like, "Why is this? Why is this not working for me?" I just want to 
say, are you really digging into who you really are and what you want to do and the things that actually make you sing? And that is usually where people have a long, hard conversation with themselves and think that, wow, I am not necessarily doing this out of passion and love. I'm doing it just for the money. And there is nothing wrong on doing things just for the money. It's just that, I mean, there are certain paths that give money, you know, and, and that they do that kind of fine and fast. I mean, you want to work in technology, you're an excellent coder and programmer. I mean, go work for Elon Musk, right, in Texas. And, like, he's already promising so many things for people, right? I mean, and, like, you're going to have to put in 16 hours because that's the amount of hours he works. And so if the CEO works 16 hours, you have to do it too, right? And there are other ways of doing things, right? And But, but you know, like, this kind of, like, overnight success does not exist. Um, a lot of people who see, like, oh, my God, look at this person who has 5 million followers on Instagram. I mean, those people usually have long, a lot of people behind and teams that they have self-financed and that they have put a lot of money into creating all this boss around them. You know, they have also an entrepreneurial spirit where they're like, they go to brands, they partner with them, they, they manufacture things, they pay for them themselves. I mean, it's all about like, you know, it's the, the ideas have to come to you of what, you want to do and where do you want to go and who do you want to pay to help you out too, right? Because this is the thing. We are building businesses out of thin air and then we're expecting those businesses to become Apple overnight when the foundation is just thin air and it does not happen like that. Well, I, I think too, the word creativity can sometimes be a misnomer because when I say the word creativity, I instantly think colors, I think of painting, I think of drawing, I think of artistic creations, I think of not necessarily tangible things. But creativity comes into play when we're faced with these situations where what we're trying to execute maybe isn't being executed to its fullest extent. And we have to, you used the word earlier, pivot. We have to change. And that's a form of creativity as well. Creativity is not just artistic expression. Am I right? You're absolutely right. And it's not even a misnomer. I think it's more an interpretation that has gotten wrong in history. And uh, here's why. I mean, originally that word, which is, you know, started with the Greeks and whatnot, was all about how artists utilize their talents. And because it was something that actually was the act of creation. And originally the art, the act of creation is attributed to God, right? I mean, God is the guy who suddenly started doing things and making He's things and planets and like, you know, like, wow. So then the act of creation was originally attributed to, you know, God. And the, once that word was fully integrated in English, which you would be surprised, it was not until very recently, actually. It still had some connotations about people who make things with their hands. And those were the original creators, right? Artisans, architects, uh, writers, and things like that. So the way that we have assimilated the word is still has that connotation. But the truth is what creativity is, is people's unique ability to come up with ideas of value that are relevant. And the word relevant is because they have to matter for other people to actually be creative, right? I mean, like, if I think about that, I want to create a highway that goes, goes between Earth and then the moon is very creative, but it's not relevant because we cannot execute it, right? It can't happen. So that's the thing. And, and the other important 
remark that I have to make is people think about creativity as a uh, some sort of attribute or uh, incredible gift that you were given uh, from God or your DNA or whatever. None of that is true. Creativity is an amalgamation of skills. And those skills are risk-taking, authenticity, vision, persistence. It's, it's how all those skills, which most human really have all those skills, come together to form a bigger way of seeing things, right? And so that is actually the definition of being creative. An accountant can be creative. A, an astronaut can be creative. An entrepreneur obviously relies on creativity because I don't know any business that's successful that is not originally and relevant, right? And so this, the whole mythology of creativity, I debunked all these myths on my, and in my book because it was important for me to actually bring to people the reality of what it is to be creative and how we can reclaim that concept for us. I'm not an artist, but I consider myself quite creative and, you know, Steve Jobs was not an artist and I think he, you know, he was incredibly creative. And so we have to start also claiming these things for ourselves as, as much as we also should be claiming the idea that we can innovate, that that's not a word just for the people in technology or in science. Innovation actually is a word that is like from the, you know, 16th century and it means to make new. And so we are constantly making things new because as at the speed at which we're moving, things can become obsolete very quickly and we have to adapt and grow and, and survive and thrive at the end of the day. And so the, what you said is very real and people have that mentality of associating creativity with, like you said, colors, intangibles, brush strokes, textures, I don't know what, but it is not absolutely, it's not for them alone and it's not for art alone, it's for is for is for the taking okay and i think that i always want to tell people claim it claim that you are creative it takes 66 days for the brain to rewire itself at the very minimum so think about that and try to upgrade your software in your mind and believe that you are creative. I love that. So just in the short amount of time that we've been having this conversation, we've learned that the vast majority of people are creative to a certain degree, and even more so than they give themselves credit for. We, we learned that people are innovative. We, we innovate every day. If we're problem solving, we're innovating. And, you know, I, I think, again, you mentioned it before. It's perspective. It's the perspective on what you're doing and whether or not you realize that you're innovating and whether or not you realize that you're being creative. But each and every one of us, every day, when we're thinking about it from the perspective that you presented, we are creative. We are innovative. We, we do have this innate ability to be all of these things and, and not attribute it to being, quote unquote, talented we go, oh, I don't, I'm not talented in that regard. Yeah, you really kind of are. You just have to look at it from a different perspective. So just two different things, right? I mean, for example, we have talented guitar players, right? I mean, if, we, if you think about Slash, let's say, right? I mean, what a talented, <laughs> like, what a play, like, a, can I play like Slash? Absolutely not. Can I be creative like Slash? Yeah, but I don't compose music. I run a business and I write things and, you know, and so talent in any industry 
and creativity. And so a, a lot of people also have that hang up of creative and artistic talent, right? I mean, what is artistic talent? It's like, okay, can you actually paint like Leonardo da Vinci? Probably not. But can you be creative like him? You know, he was one of the most curious people and that we have recorded history right about. So can anybody be curious? Yes. I mean, I am sometimes so surprised when I ask my kids, right? Like, what happened to you? And one of them is like, oh, my, I went and I asked all these questions and I asked my friend, why did he, didn't he come, you know, to this event and this and that. And then I have another one who's more is reserved and a little bit shy. And I said, did you ask? And he said, no, I did not ask. And so I said, well, look, I want you both to keep asking questions because when you were little, you never stopped asking questions. Now they are 11 and 13. And this is something that is called the fourth grade slump. I mean, the fourth grade slump is when children have already received so much formal education and ways that school system tells them what to think instead of teaching them how to think. Mm. And I've realized that even with my own kids, look, I never stop asking questions and I find a piece of information. I'm always looking for more. That's me. And it's like an, a, a, an, an ability that and a skill, if you will, that I have cultivated myself. If I find something on the internet and I find another link, I'm going into another, look, literally, I let, I, every time I leave a movie, I research the same movie and the actors and the director, if I don't know. And then I, you know, on the subject, let's say the historical thing, because I am naturally curious. And that has helped a lot my creativity because there are things happening inside of your brain that you're not aware of, but they are actually happening. And that's when you're hit with an idea. And that idea is something that you have been thinking about for a long time. And it might even be an idea as subtle as how to execute your next social media campaign, or it might be an idea as big as like how to quit your job and move to Hawaii to raise sheep, right? I mean, it can be, it can be anything, right? And so it's, it's, it's like, it's important that us as human beings keep cultivating the, the same skills that we had when we were little and what you said before, anybody actually is creative. And you know, that is an, uh, it's, it's this amalgamation of skills is something that only happens to humans. No other species on the face of the earth are creative. Like, you know, there is creation, but there is no creativity the way we do it and experience it. And it's also inexhaustible. It doesn't end, right? Energy ends at some point. People have to sleep or, you know, whatever, you get older. Sure. But, but creativity does not. I mean, some people do their masterpieces when they are 80, you know, and some people do their, you know, they, they write their best novels when at the end of their lives. I mean, it's like, it doesn't have to end. And your business ideas don't have to end either. And so how fascinating it is that you can have a million bucks of worth of ideas in your head right now. And you just have to go and dig and find them and, re and reorganize them to be able to come forward with them, right? Uh, but things take time. And whoever says creativity is, you know, like the blink of an eye or something like the immediate gratification, which goes back to what we were talking about before and people not seeing the podcast already with bringing in, you know, all the money and whatnot, is that you need to allow things to marinate. And, and that is a process that for different people means different things, right? Not everything has to be, I have to wait like 30 years to happen. But I think that it's important to understand that we have gotten accustomed also to this immediate gratification 
And I think a lot of people have already understood that it just doesn't happen like that. It's not, it's not Amazon Prime. The world is not Amazon Prime. It's not that you press a button and you have it the next day in your doorstep. There is a lot more that we have to contribute to see our dreams come to fruition. And that requires a little bit more of time. Sure, things happen faster than they used to be. People get funded faster than they have ever gotten funded in the past. People become famous at 12, you know, or 10 and whatever and things like that. And it's because we live in an accelerated time frame. But that doesn't mean that everything you put out in the world is going to become overnight success or is going to give you so much revenue, right? I mean, it takes time to, to come up with like the best ideas and it takes time to marinate them and grow them. I, I agree 100%. And, you know, one of the ways that we can cultivate this is, well, by reading. And what better than to read your book? Tell us where people can find your book. It's coming out in March. Uh, can we pre-order it? If so, tell us where to go to pre-order it and how I could reach out and make contact with you as well. You can pre-order it in any of the retailers that anywhere that sells books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, uh, IndieBound, uh, you know, shop, bookshop, and all the independent bookstores too. Please call them up and say, I want how creativity rules the world by Maria Brito. I'm also giving my online creativity class for free to those who pre-order the book and email us to book at mariabrito.com. That is a course that I developed over the course of, you know, a long time, basically. And uh, it's 40 videos and lessons integrated in a beautiful platform that the past participants have gotten incredible breakthroughs. And I think it's really cool to have a course like that. And I'm giving it away for free to people who pre-order the book. So you can come to mariabrita.com. That's Mar Maria and uh, B-R-I-T as in Tom O.com. And you can find me there and links to the book and links to social media. And, you know, I'm, I'm there for you too. Maria, thank you so, so much. It's been a really great conversation. It was very in-depth. Uh, and we came right out of the gate, man. You were you were firing hot, so it was it was it was awesome. I loved every minute of it. So I I can't thank you enough, and I can't wait to read your book as well. Thank you, Larry. It's a pleasure, and for everybody who's listening, thank you for listening this much. Um, I sent love and creativity to all of you. That is too cool, man. Too cool. Well, hey, everybody. I want to say thank you as well for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you're a first-time listener, you enjoyed what you heard, do me a favor. Head over there, subscribe to the show, and let me bring you this awesome content every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Central. Of course, I'm in Texas, but I'm here for you. So I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss. <laughs>